You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. Welcome to the Faith Roots Podcast. We're talking this month about the mystery of the church The church was an idea, a concept that was buried deep in the heart of God that was not revealed until the time of the New Testament, after the death and resurrection of Christ. There were a few hints that the church would come, but there was not a great bit of insight, no no real in-depth teaching about it. Now, that's interesting because all through the, the Old Testament, There were tremendous revelations about the future of Israel all the way to the end times. And, uh, for instance, there's a lot of prophecy in Isaiah about the millennial reign of Christ and about how the the curse will be taken off the earth and the curse will be taken off the animals. But Isaiah doesn't reveal a great deal about the church. It's just not something that he was uh, given to talk about. And we see it revealed in the New Testament and particularly to the Apostle Paul. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27, New King James Version, he says, Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. Now, it's very important to understand how this thing works. If we are the body of Christ, then He is the head, which means that like the brain... He is sensitive to every single thing that hits us, good or bad. He has an awareness of everything that pertains to us. In other words, this idea, uh, we are the body of Christ, it intimates a closeness of relationship that nobody has ever known. you uh, You cannot ever ever have this kind of closeness outside of being in Christ. It's just not there. Now, the Bible says that we are one body when we are married. Husband and wife become one. And there's an intimacy there that's closer than any intimacy that exists outside uh, of the faith we have in Christ. In other words, it's closer than any other human relationship. But it pales by comparison to what happens with Christ because Christ in us makes Him so close to us that He is a part of us and He senses everything that we know. Now listen to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. And I'm reading from 26 translations. And some of you may wonder why I jump around on the various different translations. I use several. <clears throat> I will jump in order to utilize a translation that best says the idea that I want to get across. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. Here we go. For God has allowed us to know the secret or the mystery of His plan. And this is where I got my title for this series, The Mystery of the Church. God has allowed us to know the mystery of His plan. And it's this. He purposes in His sovereign will that all human history shall be consummated in Christ everything that exists in heaven or in earth. In other words, everything is all about Christ. And what a lot of people didn't understand, and even in reading the Old Testament, is that when God created the earth, He did it through Christ. Christ was the one through whom all the world was created. 
Uh, when the scripture says in the gospel of John chapter 1, he came into his own, his own received him not, it means that he created the nation of Israel. He was there with them the whole time. All of those manifestations of God on earth in the Old Testament were none other than the pre-incarnate Christ working to create this covenant nation. And yet when he came, they didn't recognize him. His spirit had been here before, he had been here before, but they didn't recognize him. Now God promised Abraham that this consummation would result in every family on heaven or every family on earth being blessed. Listen to what God said. And you, Abraham, Genesis 12, 3, shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Well, that's physically not possible with Abraham personally. It, it's possible only because Christ came through the seed of Abraham. And what God is saying here from Genesis 12 is that the impact of the Messiah who comes through the family of Abraham will come to a place where every single family on planet earth will be impacted by his presence and what he's done. Now natural Israel could play a part in this, certainly a very important part, but it is not the total fulfillment of this. It couldn't possibly fulfill this. It was Christ because of Israel. Now, this is important. Israel brought about Messiah. Not only did Israel bring about Messiah, but Israel's prophets were the ones who foretold the Messiah and gave us all the details, in, not just in one big lump prophecy, but scattered here and there, which is the beauty of it, which shows us that this whole plan was ordained of God, because God gave out the information for the plan in bits and pieces through different people over about a 2,000-year period. And uh, so it shows this one mind directing the whole plan and the program. Had it been something that came in one person's lifetime, you could chalk it up to maybe one man or one group of people getting together and saying this, but what you have is all these different authors giving the parts that God gave them. Now, there's a supernatural sequence in the book of Acts that points to this. I find it fascinating. It, it is something I've, I've read the Bible for 51 years, and only this month did I see this. This is the first time that it ever hit me, this, the reality of this. And maybe you knew it from day one, but I didn't. I want to read to you from the book of Acts, chapter 8, and this is when Philip was led to go down into the road that went to the desert by Gaza, back down into Egypt, ultimately Africa, and to Ethiopia. And listen to what the angel said. The angel said to Philip, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury, had come to Jerusalem to worship. He was returning. Sitting in his chariot, he read Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. And he was in the scriptures where he read this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shear is silent so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. 
So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture preached Jesus to him. Now as they went down the road they came to some water. And the Ethiopian, or the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Which tells me that when Philip explained the plan of salvation, he told him the part about being baptized. Then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Now when they came up out of the water... The spirit caught Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more and he went on his way rejoicing but Philip was found at Azotus. Now, fascinating story. Keep that in mind. That's Acts chapter 8. Now, let's go to Acts chapter 9. There's another important thing that happened here. And the Bible says that as Paul or Saul journeyed, Acts 9-3, he came near Damascus, suddenly a light shone around him from heaven, he fell to the ground, and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise, go into the city, and it will be told you what you must do. Uh, God had to appear, or Jesus had to appear to someone to help Paul. And it was an apostle, or not an apostle, a disciple named Ananias, who lived in Damascus. And this is what the Lord said to Ananias, Go, for he, Saul, is a chosen vessel of mine to hear my name or to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. So at this time we see the salvation of uh, Saul of Tarsus who would become the Apostle Paul. Now we go to Acts chapter 10. Maybe you'll catch on to this as I keep reading it. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian Regiment, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people, prayed to God always about the ninth hour of the day, three o'clock in the afternoon. He saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming and saying to him, Cornelius, and when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa, send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with uh, Simon a tanner whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. So uh, Cornelius did what he was told. He sent men down to, to bring Peter back to his home. Peter came and began to preach to them because uh, God prepared Peter with, an angel with a, a vision and with uh, demonstrations of the Holy Spirit to let him know that this was part of his plan. And so Peter went back to the house of Cornelius and began to preach. Verse 44, same chapter, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all those who heard the word. Those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Uh, then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. And they asked him to stay a few days. Now, all three of these episodes are supernatural. All three of them. 
And there is a succession here. And, and it was not scattered across the book of Acts. It was Acts 8, Acts 9, 8, and Acts 10. This was by design. The Holy Spirit inspired Luke to record these things in this sequence. Why is that? The idea is that the gospel is going to go to the whole world. The Ethiopian eunuch was of the line of Ham. Saul of Tarsus was of the line of Shem. And Cornelius was of the line of Japheth. And so you have the three sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, Japheth. And actually it's in reverse here. It's Ham uh, then it's Shem, then Japheth. You have that in Acts 8, 9, and 10. It's a picture of the whole world receiving the gospel. And every one of these episodes is supernatural. It's not just that because they had been praying and felt a little leading, they did this or that or the other. They were supernaturally instructed, all three, to go do a certain thing. You see a miraculous conversion here. And this is the, the fulfillment of the prophecy that the whole world would be blessed. Now, after this, since God got the heads, God got the representatives of Shem, Ham, and Japheth, now the gospel can go everywhere and it's free to go everywhere because God set a precedent with each one of these people. All right? We see that God revealed this secret of the church to the Apostle Paul in its fullness. And I want to read to you from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6, 26 translations. For you must have heard how God gave me grace to become your minister, and how he allowed me to understand his secret, which is the church, by giving me a direct revelation as I've already briefly told you. Paul did not get the idea of the church from any literature that he'd read, nothing in the Old Testament because it wasn't there. He had to get it another way. So that when you read, you will be able to understand my insight into the secret about Christ. It was not something that others had seen. This secret was hidden to past generations of mankind, but is now made plain to God's consecrated messengers and prophets, namely that in Jesus Christ the Gentiles form one body with us, the Jews, and are co-heirs and equal partners in God's promise by union with Christ and through the good news. So Paul did not receive this gospel from any human being. He actually says so. Listen to Galatians chapter 1 verses 11 and 12. Paul said this, I want you to know, brothers, that the gospel I preached is not something that man made up. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. And this is overlooked by a lot of believers today because a lot of people take for granted to, that this idea of the church is just something that's always been around. They don't realize how special it is. It's a very special thing for us to be in the church. From the time of Adam to the time of Christ is 4,000 years. There was no church during that time. There were pictures here and there. There were symbols, but it was not clearly understood. And even after the church was born on the day of Pentecost, the apostles still didn't fully understand it. The one who got the full picture of the church was Saul of Tarsus or the Apostle Paul, and he's the one that began to explain it. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, it's worth your reading. He tells exactly how he was taken up to the third heaven to hear this. So we are in the church.
and we are in Christ. Now here's what's important. Adam was not in Christ. Even when he was in his innocence, Adam was not in Christ. Have you ever thought about this? Adam sinned one time. He sinned once, and he lost everything. So he was not in Christ. We have a mediator. We have a go-between. We have someone who links us to God by a link that can't be broken. So we have a perfect mediator. The reason that his mediation has power is because he offered a perfect sacrifice, which was himself and his own blood. We have a perfect king. Now, one of the greatest kings who ever lived on planet Earth was King David, but he wasn't perfect. In fact, we read shameful things about David where he didn't always protect his subjects, but the Messiah, his king, never fails to take into consideration the very best for those who follow him. We have a perfect overseer. He's called the bishop of our souls, meaning that he is perfect in the way he gives us assignments. He's perfect in the way that he calls us, perfect in where he plants us, perfect in how he leads and guides us. It is because we are in his church. And we have a perfect teacher. In other words, he is amazing in the way he explains this. And he is still working today. Jesus is called the author and the finisher. That's a little misleading. I think it would be better if we said he's the author and the developer of our faith. If you let God guide and direct you, Jesus will develop you in how you learn and how you study and how you hear. And he will bring you to things that you need to know about God's plan. Well, this church is an amazing mystery, and I hope that you fully appreciate this. It took revelation to hear and to know that the church was coming, but it also takes a spirit of revelation to fully appreciate what the church is and what God did when He gave it to us on planet Earth. All the time I have for today, but we're not done. I'll see you tomorrow. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.